The topic for the message of today is call forth your harvest. Call forth your harvest. As we have established over the past weeks, it is our seasons of harvest and living testimonies. Jesus said in John chapter 4 verse 38, he said, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Now, he did not direct this word to the general public, but to specific people. The big question now is, do you number among those people that God is talking about? I believe God and I trust God that we all are among those people that God is directing this word to. That we are reaping for that which we have not labored for in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, there are some things that some people in past generations have done in our families. For example, maybe your father has done some certain works that he did not receive reward for them. Or maybe there's a certain glory that God has deposited in your father that he did not use while he was still alive. That glory is still there. God can take it and add it to your own. You did not labor for that. But by mercy, he can locate that for you. I pray. The Lord give us the understanding of this word in the mighty name of Jesus. Like we said, call forth your harvest. How do you call forth your harvest? It is true intense prayer. It is true intense prayer. Your prayers are sweet incense to God in heaven. You must understand that your prayers are sweet incense to God in heaven. When devil wants to attack us, the first thing he attacks about us is our prayer life. Because when, we, when he knows that we cannot pray well, we are weakened. We are weakened. When you find yourself in that kind of a situation, begin to decree that I am strong. Begin to decree that I will not allow my faith to go down. Just make sure that anyhow, 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 you revive your prayer life. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 He said And I will pour upon the house of David And upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem The spirit of grace and supplication That spirit is spirit of prayer And grace for those prayers to be answered And they shall look upon me Whom they have pierced And they shall mourn for him As one mourneth for his only son And shall be in bitterness for him As one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. So when you discover that your prayer life is going down, make sure that you revive it and pray and say, my prayer life is revived. My prayer life is revived. Why? Because your prayers are sweet incense to God in heaven. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp, and a golden bow, and golden bowls full of incense, which are what are the prayer of the saints. Who are the saints? You and I. It is not until when we die before we become saints. The Catholic will say it is when someone dies that is canonized and they call the person saint. I am Saint Daniel. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful. According to this translation, he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So, the fact that you have given your life to Jesus Christ, 
is no longer by your righteousness, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty-one. He said, "For our sake, He made Him that was seen to be. He made Him that was not seen to be seen, so that we can become the righteousness of God." So I am Saint Daniel. As you are seated, you are a saint of Christ. You are a saint of Christ. Now the word of the Lord says in that place, in the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of you and I. Let us see another scripture, same Revelation chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. Revelation chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints did what? Ascended before God from the angels' hands. That is to say, your prayers, the prayers you are praying, in secret, in public, they are sweet incense before the Almighty God. When you are due for harvest, but it is not forthcoming, you are to bombard the throne of grace with your petition. You know that you are due for harvest. You know we have declared this month as our seasons of harvest and living testimonies. We have looked at it in different dimensions. We are bringing the message nearer home now. When you are due for harvest, you know, but it is not forthcoming. You are to bombard the throne of grace with your petitions. And also, do that which is not convenient for the sake of the gospel. There are things that are not convenient, but you deliberately want to do it for the sake of the gospel. These are some of the things that are not convenient to do. But for the sake of the kingdom... For the sake of one lost soul, you do it. Somebody offend you and, 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 done, and has done something that ordinarily you should not forgive. But for the sake of the kingdom, something that is not convenient, you choose to overlook and move on. Why? So that your own harvests too will not be delayed. So that your own harvests too will not be delayed. Let us read from the book of Luke chapter 18, from verse 1. I read from the New King James Version. Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. Verse 4. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? He asked the question, he said, If an unjust judge can say that that <clears throat> I must answer this person or she, she's going to weary me with her coming. How much more God that loves us will he not speedily avenge us? Verse 8, he said, I tell you that we avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? 
This is a critical point. It's not that you pray to some extent and say, maybe it's my fate. It's not your fate. Maybe it's my destiny. It's not your destiny. Reject it vehemently. Continue to bombard the kingdom, the throne of grace with prayer. Continue to pray and say, Lord, you must visit me. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly before the throne of grace, banging on the door. Father, my harvest is due and it must come. It has come. My harvest has come. Whatever that is hindering my harvest must be destroyed and it shall be destroyed. Some people will tell us and say, God does not uh, care about our tears. He does not care about our crying. Psalm 56 verses 8 and 9. Let us read from King James Version. Psalm 56 verses 8 and 9. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my what? Tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Verse 9. When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know that God is for me. You cry. Cry. If possible, make tears come out of your face. And say, God, you must avenge me. God, there must be supernatural release. God, there must be breakthrough. And you see God answering for you. And as you call upon the name of God, as you bang on the gate of heaven today, then heaven shall open unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24. He says, it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. That will be your portion today in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us see some examples of those that enjoyed supernatural harvests and had living testimonies. Number one person, we just look at some people before we go into prayer. The first person that we are going to consider is Obedidom. Obedidom. Second Samuel chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter 6 from verse 6 to 12. And when they came to Nachon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez, Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obedi-Edom, the Gittite, verse 11. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obedidom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obedidom and all his household, verse 12. And it was told the king David, saying, The Lord had blessed the house of Obedidom and all that pertained unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidom into the city of David with gladness. Now, in that place that we read, Uzzah was just being overzealous for God. He did not do anything wrong. The mistake he made was that it is the Levites. It is the Levites that are permitted to touch the ark at any point in time. 
whether with rod or physically. It's only the Levites that have that sole right. But he was not from the tribe of Levi. So touching it, he violated the divine covenant. They made a mistake when they were bringing this act because it was not to be carried by cattle. It was to be carried by priests. After this incident, when they were bringing it, it was priests that carried it. They carried it the normal way that they should carry it. But the point was that when they made that mistake, Uzzah died. The people that need to die, for you to be blessed, we decree their death now in the mighty name of Jesus. There are some people that must die. After Uzzah died, they looked at it and said, ah, we cannot carry this thing to Jerusalem now. And out of genuine love for Obedidon, David said, we are carrying it to Obedidon's house. You know, Obedidon himself will be looking at it and say, ah, now today I know say, this man don't like me. Something will kill somebody. No, 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 no. You see me, then bring down, come my house. And the word of the Lord says, and God blessed Obedidon greatly to the point that they heard in the national headquarters. They heard in Jerusalem. Esa, God don't bless this man greatly. It's true. See, the kind way God they bless this man. Eh? Say, ah, David said, you go find us. Oh, God, not true. Not true. Oh, yeah, maybe we'll go bring the ark. The ark where you push, go in house when you kill somebody. You see that the ark is blessing him. You say, make them go remove and come. But the blessing that has happened to him has been deposited there. That one can never be taken. Now, let us look at the background life of Obedidon. In First Chronicles chapter 15, from verse 16 downwards, chapter 16 to, in, 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 in those places, it was mentioned that Obedidon and his people were among those that were taking care of this ark and other things that were uh, holy unto God, that they were using to serve God. So, like the word that Jesus spoke in the beginning, when he spoke directly to a certain set of people, he said, go and reap for that which you did not labor for. He was speaking to specific people. That is to say, the seasons of harvest and living testimonies is for specific people too. Last week, we talked about, talk about counting yourself among the people that God will locate to that kind of of blessing. Obedidon, in his background, he has been working for God, taking care of the holy things unto God. Let us look at the second example. Second example, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Second Samuel chapter 9. Let's start reading from verse 1. Mephibosheth. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. Verse 3. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may shew the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Micah, the son of Amiel, in Lodiba. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Micah, the son of Amiel, from Lodiba. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. Verse 7. 
And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. And I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Now, Mephibosheth did not do any work to merit this. It was the work that his father and grandfather had done that he merited here. The work that your father Past generations did that they did not reap reward for. You are reaping that reward now in the mighty name of Jesus. He was born a prince. He was born into the royal family. But for one thing or the other, he lost it. Now, they brought him back. By mercy. By mercy. He was located by mercy. And they brought him back. Until he died, he was eating on the table of the king. The third example. Let us look at the third example. Elisha. Elisha. First Kings chapter 19 from verse 19 to 21. After Elijah, I said, I and only I am left among all your prophets. Every other person that's backslidden. He said it three times. And after the third time, God looked at it and said, you are not the only person. 7,000 have not bowed down their, 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 their knees. To idols. And God mentioned three people that he should go and anoint to take over from people that were before them. And he said, Anoint Elisha in your stead. Elisha was somewhere diligent. Elisha was somewhere hardworking. Elisha was somewhere God fearing. And when God looked at it for a credible replacement for Elijah, he said, we are going to choose that one. And he was chosen. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. The next verse. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again. For what have I done to thee? Verse 21. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Now, when Elijah was to be taken to heaven, Elijah said, What do you want from me? He said, Double portion of your anointing. He said, Ah, it's going to be a hard thing. He said, but when you see me, when I'm being taken, it's going to be given unto you. And Elisha clinged to him. He was so close to him. It was the, the, the chariot of fire and the horses thereof that had to separate them. Because giving him that strict instruction is only a foolish person that will not pay close attention again. So he, he held him. You know, he will not work with him side by side. He will allow him to be at the front like this, following him at the back. And when they were separated, he shouted, Elijah, I see you. I see where to separate us. And when they were separated, the cloth fell. He carried it. He struck Jordan. Jordan parted. Now, let us see some things in the life of Elijah. While Elijah ministered, God sent him to a widow of Zarephath. He said, this flower will not finish. The only kind of food that they can eat in that house are varieties made from flour. 
bread today, they go turn up to two in the afternoon, then go fry up in the night because it is flat. Abi? But when it was the turn of Elisha, he was eating varieties of food. When he got to the house of that Shunammite woman, the Shunammite woman was a woman, it was a rich woman, huh? Abi? And she said, let us make a penthouse for him so that any time he's coming, we are going to be giving him food. Let's go there. Second Kings chapter 4, go to verse 8. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Verse 9. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall that is a penthouse made for rich people. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. Look at this. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Look at it. Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the army of the host? That is to say that Elisha has connection. Now, look at Elisha there. He had connection to the chief of defense staff of Israel. He had connection to the king. Elijah didn't have that. He was ministering among poor people. When that poor widow came and met him, he said, they, they have come to carry my son. He said, what do you have in the house? He said, a little jar of oil. He said, it's enough. He ministered upon that oil. He said, go and sell it. They made money from it. He did not labor for it. It was the labor of Elijah that he entered into by demanding for double portion of anointing. When there was scarcity in the land, he said, by this time tomorrow, there will be surplus. And there was surplus. Let's look at another example. Number four. Number four example. The man by the pool of Bethsaida. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. That man had been there for 38 good years. Jesus spent only 33 years on earth. This man's problem was older than the physical age of Jesus. And Jesus went to that place. Only him. It was only him that he looked at and said, do you wish to be made up? He said, I have nobody. He did not know the personality of the person that is asking him that question. And he said, rise up and carry your pallet. And immediately he was made up. He was the only person that was singled out in that place. Go to verse 14. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. And said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now, we discover from this verse that it was sin that made this man to get into that problem. But before sin came, he had been living a life of service through this verse. Because if he had not been doing that, he will, not, he will, he will be regarded as a sinner that he has not you get the point that I'm trying to make. He fell, maybe backslidden, and that was why that problem could enter into his life. That means he too, he had done some things in the past 
that made heaven to critically look at the situation and said, we should not leave this man like this. And he enjoyed divine visitation and had living testimony. The fifth person, the fifth person, Cornelius, Acts chapter 10, from verse 1. Cornelius, he was privileged to be the first Gentile that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he and his household. Let's read it. From verse 1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God, that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy arms are come up for a memorial before God. He found favor. You will find favor today too in the mighty name of Jesus. Your prayers are going up for a memorial today in the mighty name of Jesus. And because of that, his heavens opened and he was blessed. He had living testimonies. The last example that we are going to consider, Dockers. Dockers, Acts chapter 9. Dockers, Acts chapter 9 from verse 36. This is a woman that has been good to people. Wonderful woman that used to give out of her substance to bless people. She now died. When she died, the people said, we will not allow this one to die. We will not allow this one to die. They said, send for Peter. We know we cannot pray for her to come back to life, but we know that the anointing with Peter can raise her back to life. Now, there are some situations that may look concluded in our lives. Even you yourself, you have concluded and said, no, 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 no. This can never happen. It can never work again. This woman was brought back to life. That thing that you even think that can never come back to life, to prove to you that God is still God, is bringing them back to life for you in the name of Jesus. Now, living testimonies. These living testimonies that we are talking about, they are not the kind of testimony that you have and you are saying, I don't want people to know. People will see. When your breakthrough comes, you don't want to be proud, but there's something that will be pushing you and saying, just raise shoulders more. You don't want to raise the shoulder. <laughs> but the something we'll be pushing is that time you remember and say, let me just go and chop lunch in Sheraton. That blessing that people will say and testify with you that this is a living testimony. They become evident in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. All these people position themselves for divine visitation by diligently walking behind the scene which made God to recognize them. Even that man by the pool of Bethesda, he knew that he had committed, maybe he knew or he, he did not know, but at least he was by that pool, waiting for it to be steered so that he can jump into the water. He has positioned himself. All these people that we highlighted, they positioned themselves by diligently walking behind the scene, which made God to recognize them. Today, the Lord will grant you divine visitation. And you will have living testimonies in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to bow down your head and begin to bless God for the word that you have heard this evening. Open your mouth and begin to bless Him. Glory, honor, and majesty be unto your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Rise up to your feet. 
the first prayer you are going to pray. Father Lord, remember all my services and divinely visit me today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The second prayer, Father Lord, use me to demonstrate your greatness positively to the world. Now, let me explain that prayer point. When God wanted to demonstrate his greatness, he carried Joseph and put him as prime minister. He used him to demonstrate his greatness. Father, use me to demonstrate your greatness. There's a man that saved people, a Muslim. They wanted to kill people. And he saved them in his mosque. They wanted to, Christians, they wanted to kill them. He harbored them in his mosque, locked them, and secured those people. They sent for him from America and gave him an, a honor for that act that he did. Old man, past 70, that did not even think of going to, you know, they carry this and can't give him. They do passports for that. Do you know the beauty of it? He said, I cannot travel alone. He said, choose the person that will go with you. Oh, yeah, you, you will follow me. They did everything for the same person too. And you see some people, then go queue for, when you go see Stampa, you are denied. They say, hi, this one, a visa come later. You are going to open your mouth and pray. Talking about living testimonies. Father, Lord, use me to demonstrate your greatness to the world. Lord, use me to demonstrate your greatness to the world in the mighty name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to decree. Lord, use me to demonstrate your greatness to the world. Father, use me to demonstrate your greatness to the world in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. By the blood of Jesus, I enter into my harvests and living testimonies in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to decree. By the blood of Jesus, I enter into my harvest now. I enter into my harvest and living testimonies now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. John chapter 12 from verse 9. I read. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, talking about Lazarus, that was raised by Jesus. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Verse 10. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. What is the explanation behind that prayer point? Your harvest has come. And they have seen it. And because of that, they are now fighting you. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised him. And now, see what the word of the Lord says concerning the Jews. They now want to kill him to erase that testimony. I decree judgment on anyone that is fighting me because of my testimonies. Anybody that is fighting me because of my breakthrough. I decree judgment upon them now in the mighty name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to decree judgment upon them now in the name of Jesus. Anybody that is fighting me because of my testimony. Anybody that is fighting me because of my glory. Anybody that is fighting me because of my breakthrough. I decree judgment upon them now in the name of Jesus. I decree judgment of God upon them now in the name of Jesus. I decree the judgment of God upon them. I decree the judgment of God upon them now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus, mighty name, we have prayed. I destroy by fire every power 
causing slow progress in my life in the name of Jesus. Every power that is causing slow progress in my life, I destroy them by fire in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to destroy them. Open your mouth and begin to destroy them. Every power that is causing slow progress in my life, I destroy them by fire. Every power that is causing slow progress in my life, I destroy them in the mighty name of Jesus. I destroy them in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Pay attention to this prayer. I destroy by fire all powers that want to render useless my gifts, abilities, certificates, potentials in the name of Jesus. Now, you see somebody, he studied medicine in university about 19 years of hard learning. He finished school, no get work. He's now doing teaching and they are paying him 30,000. You see some people, they can sing, you hear their voice, melodious. They release album, nobody will buy. And people will say, ah, this person is, is talented. This person has gifts. But they are rendering those gifts useless. You look at yourself, I can do this thing now. This thing, I can do it. But somehow, commensurate blessings or reward are not coming for those abilities in your life. You are the one that holds that prayer. You are going to decree. Every powers that want to render useless my gift and abilities, that want to render my potentials, my certificates useless, I destroy them by fire. In the mighty name of Jesus, open your mouth and begin to destroy them. Any power that want to render useless my gifts, my potentials, my abilities, my certificates, I destroy them by fire. In the name of Jesus, I destroy them by fire. I destroy them by fire. I destroy them by fire. Any power, anybody whatsoever that want to render useless my potentials, that want to render useless my gifts, that want to render useless my calling, that want to render useless my abilities, that want to render useless my certificates, I destroy them in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The last prayer. Now, let me make this analogy. If somebody, maybe in the secular world, is living a pious life, he now release an album. The album now sells, maybe some, and the whole world that buys the album, if it's a woman and if it's a man, what will women start doing to him? Start flocking to him. And if you say he wants to be sleeping with 10 per day, there are those that will submit themselves and say, I'm ready. What is that? Devil is positioning those to corrupt that glory. If it is a woman, you see men running after him. It's not ordinary men that are now running after. Rich people, big people. They say, ah, me too, I want to date this person. What do they want to do? They want to corrupt that glory. The prayer you now want to pray. Any power, anybody that wants to corrupt the glory of God upon my life, that wants to corrupt my harvest, I destroy them by fire. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and begin to destroy them. Open your mouth and begin to destroy them. Any power, anybody, anything whatsoever that may want to corrupt the glory of God upon my life, I destroy them by fire. I destroy them by fire. I destroy them by fire. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Open your mouth and begin to thank God because God has answered our prayer. Begin to worship Him. Father, we worship Him. Father, we exalt you. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the adoration. Be thou exalted, O Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The word of the Lord says, We shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass. As you have decreed today, 
It is so in the mighty name of Jesus. Anything whatsoever, known or unknown, anybody that may want to stand against us, stand against our prayers, stand against our harvests, stand against our testimonies, stand against our glory, we command total destruction upon them now in the mighty name of Jesus. Our seasons of living testimonies is announced now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Yeah.